realized the nightmare is a reality once again the lakers are eliminated in the second round of the playoffs for the second year in a row nobody wanted this but i think we kind of feared it <sighs> what what happened where are we going what's happening now who's to blame these are all questions that are floating around rampantly and wildly within the Laker fans' heads and hearts at this point. Um, well, let's uh, let's recap a little bit first to start off. We pretty well, sorry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Ask Laker Lance podcast. Um, I neglected to say in the last podcast uh, that you can find us on on Twitter, Ask Laker Lance, Facebook, Ask Laker Lance. Um, Come on down and join the commiserating, the misery. Man, that that uh that sucked. That was a bad way to go out. One one game better than we did last year when we got swept out of the second round. Uh man, that was tough. I mean, the game started off fairly well. I I thought you know things were were going were going well. I was happy that uh. That Matt Barnes didn't play. I was, was going to say, and then I will stop myself saying I don't have anything against Matt, Matt Barnes. It's just that he's been pretty pretty useless and doesn't seem to have been taking any steps to become useful. Uh, just goes out there and keeps missing shots and missing shots and getting blown by on D. So I'm uh, kind of glad the coach uh, left him out and put Devin back in. He was released from Mike Brown Jail. And that was good, and I, I thought Devin was doing great. He blocked two shots, which was amazing. Um, he he made that shot at the end of the half. It didn't count, but I thought it was great because it was one opportunity. It was one, chance, one time where Kobe had the ball, and Kobe was, uh, was dribbling around the outside of the key, and Devin actually took it upon himself to make a cut. Fancy that. He actually didn't just stand there like the rest of the team does every time Kobe gets the ball, and he cut to the basket. And what happened? Oh, yeah, selfish Kobe. He passed him the ball. Happened just a little bit too late. He made the shot, but it didn't count. Uh, the buzzer already sounded, but it was still a great job. It was a great cut. It was a great pass. Um, so that was that was very cool. Um, Pow for most of the game was on fire, man. He was everywhere, you know. And I, I talked the last time about, you know, the controversy about Kobe calling out Pow after Game Three and kind of putting the the blame on Pow's door. And I talked about how the the only reason that that happened was because Kobe knows that he can't say anything calling out Andrew because he won't be able to take it he'll he'll cry or he'll shut off or he'll pout and he, he just won't play and which is why Kobe has been supporting Andrew this entire time uh, at least publicly even when he does stupid stuff Kobe never says anything bad about Andrew to the media publicly because he needs he knows he needs Andrew to play he knows he needs Andrew to step up if he's going to if he's going to make this thing work, and if he says anything negative towards Andrew, that will be shot. That will go right down the drain. Um, but he knows that Pow can take it. He's been been through the wars with Pow. They've done it together, and he knows that you know if he kind of gets in Pow's face a little bit, Pow will respond in a positive way. You know he did um, in Game Seven versus Denver, and I thought he did this game. He, how really responded. He he was everywhere, doing such a great job, and it wasn't enough because Andrew folded like a bad card table. He got into foul trouble in the beginning of the game, and he just folded. He faded away. He was useless. Four rebounds in the entire game. Useless. 
Now, I don't know if it's that Andrew doesn't know how to play with fouls or that he just doesn't care enough. He's like, oh, well, I'm in foul trouble. There's nothing I can do now. And you just kind of give up. Um, either either way, it doesn't even matter which one it is because either both of them are, are lame and have no reason uh, being on the team. Sorry. Uh, Thunder were, man, the Thunder was ruling the paint in the beginning, at the beginning of the game, and the first, they were just getting dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk. Not good, you know, we're not, not controlling the paint, not closing off the lanes, not moving our feet nearly well enough on D. Now, there was one time I saw one play that Andrew was, as usual, getting pushed out of the paint, and he actually pushed back a little bit on Kendrick Perkins. I was very excited about that. I was, it was nice to see. Unfortunately, I never saw it again. That was the one time he did, because every other time after that, it was the exact same thing. Kendrick Perkins would just come up to him, push him right out of the paint, and Andrew would just stand there on the other side, looking over him, looking over his shoulder. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Oh, they're not passing it to me. Oh, that sucks. That's basically seemed to be his attitude. You know, he got the ball three times in the paint in the beginning of the game. Three times, and he missed all three. The defense, I thought, other than all the dunks and the layups, um, was was not bad. It was it was okay. Um, the good thing was, I thought, at the end of the second quarter, right at the half, the Lakers, we really needed a stop. We needed a defensive stop. And we got it, which I think was great. And the same thing happened at the end of the third quarter. We really needed a defensive stop, and we got it then too. So that was great. That shows me that the de the defense, at least when we really need it and when we really focus in, is is there, you know. And that that's one thing I think is good. There's been a lot of criticism uh, on Mike Brown now that the team has been eliminated. You know, is he the right coach for the job? Did he actually do a good job? I think he did good, do a good job. The one thing that he was uh, talking about, mostly when he first got the job, is we're going to be a defensive team, a defense-first team. Um, and I thought, even though we had basically no training camp, and he only had 60 games to kind of put in his new system and his new philosophies, I I thought they did pretty well. I think we were a better defensive team this year than we were last year. Um, I believe that. I think we, we played better defensively, and when we really, really focused in on it and really tried, um, we were a pretty good defensive team. So m mission kind of accomplished uh, with that. Uh, you can imagine what, what we could have done with a training camp, you know, or maybe uh, a full season. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Everybody had to deal with those things. So, obviously, the teams that had the same system uh, from last year to this year and pretty much the same lineups, Spurs and the Thunder, had a distinct advantage in that. And it, sh it showed. Um, let's see. The Thunder, man. Okay, so a lot of people talking about this. When the Thunder basically took over the game, was in the fourth quarter, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, when Kobe sat down to rest. They were ahead, they were the lead was I think it was five or something, and as soon as Kobe sat down, they they went on like an 8-0 run, ballooned the lead right up to 15, and then Kobe was sitting for like less than two minutes, and he immediately went to check himself back in. They kept scoring, but you know by the time he got got back into the game, it was already it was already gone. And then he tried by himself to get the team back when I felt like a lot of the team had, had given up. And when I say a lot of the team, I mean Andrew Bynum. He was he was useless. I, I thought I thought Powell was in there fighting with him up until the last five minutes of the game. I th I, I got the distinct feeling once we were five minutes and under, Powell kind of gave up. Yeah, I think he saw the writing on the wall and realized it wasn't going to happen. We were going to get eliminated. The season was going to be done. That kind of bugged me a little bit that he didn't just play all the way through. Um, but I thought up until that point, he was really, 
really balling well and really showed up and, and really came to play. Now, a lot of people are saying, you know, that obviously Mike Brown shouldn't have rested Kobe because when he, as soon as he put Kobe on the bench is when they ran away with the game. And, you know, that's hindsight is twenty twenty, And of course you can say that and it makes a lot of sense. But I mean, that's what he's always been doing, you know, resting Kobe at the beginning at the the beginning of the second quarter, beginning of the fourth, and hopefully, if you can, the end of the first and the end of the third um, to give him a little bit more rest. Excuse me. He's um, he's always done that. And this game, when he rested Kobe at the end uh, or the beginning of the second quarter, we were behind. We were behind when he sat Kobe down and the bench got the lead back. So we were, we were plus in points while Kobe was on the bench in the second in the second quarter. So why why wouldn't he do the same thing and, and put him and give him a little bit of rest? Because the other side of that coin is like, well, just don't rest Kobe. Keep him out there. Well, Kobe, you know, he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. You know, that's he's he's done that also before. And what what usually happens if he leaves Kobe in, Kobe, because Kobe just has one gear Kobe will keep playing and keep fighting, but he will lose his legs about the second half of the fourth quarter. And that's when his shots start not going in and he starts tanking everything because he loses his legs if he doesn't get that rest. Mike Brown knows this, so he knows at some point he has to get him some some rest. He just gave him a little a little bit in the very beginning of, of the fourth, and but that was that was all it took. That was all it took. I mean, Oklahoma left all their their big three in the entire second half of the game, and as soon as Kobe sat down, they just jumped right up, and and took the game over. And then by the time he got back in, it was too late. I don't blame Mike Brown for that. It's it's the rest of the team. You have to be able to sit Kobe down for at least two minutes and not lose the game because of it. I mean, the bench has to be able to step up. And it's not even the bench, the starters with the few bench players that were even playing. I mean, it's... So I don't think that's fair to lay that blame on on Mike Brown for that. Uh, the Thunder were all over the offensive boards. So you, you have to blame... I mean, re, again, rebounding. We talked about that before. Rebounding is the biggest way to see how hard your bigs are really working. You know, it was the rebounding. And we couldn't buy an offensive board in that game. I mean, it, it. There was there was one one shot. I mean, this happened a lot. But Andrew, Kobe gets the ball. You know, he gets the ball on the perimeter. Everybody stands still. Nobody moves. Everybody just watches Kobe. So Kobe has to jack up a shot, and instead of instead of getting yourself in place for a rebound, instead of blocking out your man and getting in position to get a rebound, as soon as Kobe shot the ball, Andrew immediately started slowly jogging to the other side of the court. I mean, either, like, he's he's just assuming either he's going to make it, and so I'm going to get a head start before everybody so I don't have to run, or he's going to miss it, and we're not going to get the rebound because I'm not there to get it. And their Thunder's going to run back, so I want to give myself a head start so I can be back there so I don't have to run. It's it's the laziest play, the laziest attitude that I've seen. I, I can't believe that I'm actually still surprised by Bynum's laziness. But I, I couldn't believe that. As soon as the, the ball left his hand, he immediately just turned and started jogging up the court. And it wasn't just once. That he did that. I mean, how do you how do you justify that? How do you explain that? What's the rationale for that? Other than I just don't want to have to run, so I'm going to get a head start, no matter if if he, he makes it or not. So obviously he's not even trying to rebound, not even trying. It's it's wow beyond me. Um, there was a lot of times in the game where. I mean, people like to say that Kobe, you know, Kobe's selfish, and people are saying it after this game. Look at Kobe, how much he hogged the ball. He didn't give the rest of the team a chance. He just hogged the ball himself, and that's why we lost. That That's the most ridiculous thing. Obviously, if you say that, you're not watching the game. 
I mean, you're not what Kobe keeps shooting because that's the only thing that we can do. Nobody is doing anything. People aren't cutting. They're not rebounding. They're not getting position. So yeah, he shoots the ball. You know, and he was he was playing great. He was playing really great. But we had no team offensive rhythm outside of Kobe. I mean, Kobe was in a great rhythm, but out of after that, nothing. If we if Kobe was the problem, if Kobe's the reason we lost the game, if we didn't have Kobe, we would have lost this game 100 to 5. I mean, it it it's ridiculous to me when I hear that that argument. And again, I'm I'm not just a blind Kobe supporter, okay? I will I will say feel and say when I feel that that Kobe has a hand in some negative effects of the team, you know, which he has. You know, Kobe's made some stupid plays down the down the the stretch during this series. You know, he's had been sloppy with the ball, he's caused turnovers, he's taken bad shots. He's done all of that. And I've and I've said it when it happens. But the blind just the the blind comment of oh he lost the game because he hogs the ball is is ridiculous because if he wasn't there to hog the ball, we would have no points and no offense whatsoever. It's it's staggering. Um so what happens now? Okay, obviously we, we lost. It was embarrassing. It wasn't quite as embarrassing as getting shut out last year, but it was pretty close. Because nobody's going to remember that uh, that most of the games in the series beside Game 1 were very close. They were close games. Nobody's going to remember that the Lakers controlled most of the games for the majority of them and just lost key three games down the stretch. Doesn't matter. The only thing that, that goes in the books, the only thing that matters is Thunder beat the Lakers in five games. So the Lakers were one game better than how they finished last year. That's the only thing that, that people are going to remember. And, and really, not much else really matters anyway. We still were eliminated after five games. We only got, we were only able to beat the Thunder one time. The team looks old. It looks slow and it looks not in sync with each other. And that is true. So, what happens now? Where do we go from here? How do we get better? There's a lot, everybody's saying we gotta blow up the team, we gotta trade people, get people out of here. Um, I, I think there's truth to that. I think they are gonna make. Definitely going to make some moves. I don't think they're going to stand pat like they did. Well, they didn't do. They didn't do last year. Actually, last year they made a trade. They traded Powell and Lamar for Chris Paul, basically. Uh, and it just didn't go through for basketball reasons, which put everything in a tizzy, for lack of a better term. And, you know, Chris Paul ends up with the Clippers and the Lakers end up in a in turmoil because Lamar's upset because he got traded and we, he demands his release and Powell's doesn't know what's going on because the team traded him. Now do they not want him? What's his role in the team? Who knows? He didn't, he wasn't even sure what his role was or if he wasn't going to be there until the trade deadline in, in mid-March. You know, before that, every single day was a Pal Gasol rumor. We're going to trade Pal, they're going to trade Pal, they're going to trade Pal. And now that the season's over, and now it's it's right back up again. We need to trade, we need to trade Pal. He's he's the piece that we that we got to get rid of. And I, I think that is completely wrong, and it's unfair. It's unjustified, and it's unfair for all the talk already to have been started about people saying we need to trade Pau Gasol. And here's, here's why, okay? Well, but I think they're saying they're, they're, we need to trade Pau because nobody thinks that we'll trade Bynum. They think that Bynum is untouchable, which is not the case. I'll tell you that right now. Bynum is not untouchable. Uh, they, they will trade Bynum if they have if they feel that they will get decent value back okay they were ready and willing to trade andrew straight up for dwight howard 
that is exactly what they wanted to do, and that's exactly what they tried to do. Um, he was he was gone. I mean, and then this is after we traded. Uh, they tried to trade Powell and Lamar for Chris Paul. That didn't happen. So here we are. Now we get. What are we gonna do? They wanted to trade Dwight Howard and give them Andrew straight up. The problem was that Orlando didn't want to take Andrew for Dwight straight up, and that's why we got the. Uh, the little bonus for Lamar because that was going to be a little sugar cookie in there in the deal to sweeten it up so that Orlando would go for the deal and take the trade exemption for Lamar that we got along with Andrew for Dwight Howard. And and that was, that was the deal that we were going to do. The problem was that first David Stern calls the first trade for basketball reasons and then and then Orlando figured, oh wow, well they were, you know, the the league blocked the trade by the Lakers. We're not supposed to let get let the Lakers get better. So what are they? What do they know that we don't know? Well, that's not a good trade for us. Okay, you want you want Dwight for Andrew? Okay, well, give us Dwight and Pow, is what Orlando said, which was ridiculous. There's no way we're gonna give up. Both Dwight or uh, Powell and Andrew for Dwight Howard, and so and luckily, luckily, uh, Mitch and Jim and Dr. Jerry Buss said yeah no, and refused to trade both the bigs for Dwight Howard, which I believe was a very very smart move. I I know we were still taken out in the in the second round, and so we could have done better by so many things, but I think giving up both. Both of the bigs for Dwight Howard, who obviously wouldn't have been playing right now anyway. We would have been eliminated a lot sooner than the second round because Dwight was out having back surgery. And if we didn't have Powell to play with him, we just had Dwight and then he went out, <laughs> where, where would we be? I mean, we'd be in far worse shape than we are right now. So I'm glad they didn't take that deal. That's a good thing. So here, here we are. We finish the season with what we have, and we realize, and unfortunately, the rest of the league realizes what a extreme head case, pain in the ass Andrew Bynum is. I mean, everybody hears. It's not just us that hears when he says his ridiculous things to the media. Everybody hears it, and everybody knows. And every time he does it, his trade value drops. So people are still saying, all right, well, now, you know, they're saying, okay, Orlando just fired Stan Van Gundy's, and now they're hearing that, that Dwight still wants out, so maybe we can still get him. Let's go get, go get Dwight Howard. Okay, everybody, you need to just chill on that. Dwight Howard is not coming to L.A., okay? One, Orlando is still not going to be willing to trade him straight up for Andrew. Two, he doesn't want to come to L.A., okay, for two reasons. One, he doesn't want to come be a sidekick to Kobe. Two, he doesn't want to follow in Shaq's footsteps. He doesn't want to be just like Shaq, having the same nickname as Shaq, doing the same thing in Orlando, going to the finals, losing, and then going to L.A. to play with Kobe and winning championships. He doesn't want to be like Shaq. He wants to be his own man. So he's going to forgo that situation. He wants to go to Brooklyn. He wants to go play for the Nets. So we, we need to just forget that. Stop talking about it. Stop getting your hopes up. Dwight Howard's not coming. Okay. So what do we do? Do we try to trade Andrew? Do we try to trade Powell? Do we try to trade both of them? Um, I think... I really believe that Pow got the short end of the stick with this whole thing. And and here's here's why. When we won the two back-to-back -back championships, Pow was the number 2 option to Kobe. It was Pow and Kobe had the two-man game that they played. Andrew was pretty much hurt the entire time anyway. So it was a two-man game between Pow and Kobe and they figured it out. They knew how to do it. Andrew comes back. Andrew actually finally spends a season healthy last year. Uh, especially after we were eliminated by Dallas, Andrew started opening his mouth and saying that he wanted a bigger role in the offense. 
He wanted a bigger role. He wanted to be more of a focus in the offense. So we started this year. Andrew seems healthy. So, all right. Let's, let's have Andrew have a bigger role in the offense. Make him happy. Cool. So Pal, being a professional and a grown-up, an adult, says, okay, cool. Andrew steps into number two. I'll be number three. And he was totally cool with that. How many times do we hear, do we hear Pal complaining to the media about needing a bigger role in the offense or having being passed up by Andrew? How, how many times? How many? Yeah, that's right. None. Pal just does his job. He does what he's asked to do. They brought up Andrew into the number two position. Okay, cool. So now Pal's going to facilitate Kobe and Andrew. All right. Well, let's do that. So Pal starts doing that. Andrew, obviously, his play is sporadic at best. He has great hot streaks and then very cold streaks because he has no consistency in his game. So every time Andrew plays bad, what do we do? We blame Pal. We say, well, Pal's not being aggressive enough. Pal needs to take more charge. Well, Pal was knocked down to number three option and asked to facilitate. So that's what he's doing, you know, but so, so even Pal is wondering, not, not only wondering every single day for the first half of the season, if he's going to get traded or not, because that was always a option or a chance. It's not like the, it's not like Mitch came down and said, we're not trading Pal Gasol. We're going forward with this team. No, because, I mean, well, honestly, I think they were still looking at trades. I, I don't think they had decided that, so they didn't say that. So, obviously, Powell is in this limbo. He doesn't know if he's going to get traded, and he's not really even sure what his role is supposed to be in the offense, but he tries to do his best and try to facilitate things and do whatever he can do. And then we get to the end of the season, and then things start going badly because Andrew is so inconsistent and shying away from his role as the number two option uh, with Kobe. So now what do we start doing? We start really getting on Pow and saying, you know, why Pow needs to be more aggressive. Pow needs to step up. Pow needs to do more. Pow needs to do more. Come on, Pow. You know, that happened after game six in the first round. And so, and what happened? Pow completely stepped up came in and stepped in and took over and had a monster game seven and we were able to advance. You know, and then when things get dicey again, Andrew again is sporadic and inconsistent and so nothing's happening because there there we don't have that offensive flow. So what do we do? We blame Pow. We we get we get mad at Pow because he has to be more aggressive. Pow has to know his role and he has to be more aggressive and take over the offense and this. So Pow's like, okay, I'll do that. And that's exactly what he does. And this time it wasn't quite enough. So what do we do? Oh, let's trade Pow, because he's the problem. He's old, and he's obviously in decline, because he doesn't know, because he, he lost his offensive abilities, which which is ridiculous. He had, he had no role. His role keeps changing every five minutes with the team, what he's expected and allowed to do. He's supposed to facilitate Andrew, facilitate the offense, facilitate Kobe, unless Andrew kind of is sucking, and then, oh, and then he has to step up and, and do more, and then he has to take over the offense, and then he has to be aggressive and be assertive. And it, This role never changed back in when we did the back-to-backs in 09 and 10. His role never changed. It was Powell and Kobe, and, Powell, and Kobe said so. I like the offense goes through me, and then it goes through Powell. So it was clear. But the problem was saying that, oh, that dis disturbed and upset little Andrew because he doesn't appreciate not being the focus of the offense and being number three. So he needs more responsibility. He needs wants to be more of a focus. Well, that's what we gave him this year. And what happened? Okay, I think we all see what happened. He has moments, sparks of brilliance, moments of wonderfulness, that are surrounded by these pits of suckiness because he doesn't have the mental 
strength, the mental focus to do it for long periods of time. He can't be consistent because he doesn't play like that on a regular basis. He didn't play consistently in the regular season, and so we're surprised that he doesn't play consistently in the playoffs. I've been talking about that forever. You play how you're going to play. Guys are not going to change, okay? People keep fooling themselves and trying to think that, oh, well, Andrew, he's still young. He's only 24 years old. He's going to mature. What happens when he matures? Well, guess what, folks? He's not going to mature, okay? Andrew is the guy he's going to be right now, you know? And I think I said this before. How long did it take for Allen Iverson to mature? How long did it take? you know, for him to become a team player. Oh yeah, it never happened. He was the same way he was when he came into the league. You know, the same thing with Kobe. When Kobe first came into the league, people said, oh, he's selfish, he's a ball hog, he shoots too much. So when did Kobe mature and not shoot as much? Yeah, never. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen, and it's not going to happen with Andrew. Andrew is the—he's been in the, in the league for seven years, okay? What you see is what you get with Andrew. He's going to have more moments of brilliance. He's going to have more moments where you think, man, this guy is amazing. And then he's going to have three games of suck that are going to follow it because he doesn't have the inner drive. He doesn't have the, the inner the the passion the the he doesn't have the ganas to go for it all the time simply for the reason that that's what you do he needs to have a reason he needs to be motivated to do it and as a professional athlete that's ridiculous he shouldn't have to be motivated to do anything but he does he's so indifferent He's constantly so indifferent, like he doesn't really care. The whole thing with not not being a part of the huddles that kept happening and him being indifferent on the floor, off the floor. It's it the it's on it's there, it's obvious. And it's been there this whole time. When we lose, he laughs because he's got nothing invested in it. There's no work that's that he's invested in that makes him really, really care about what's happening. He doesn't. He can care less if we win or if we lose. He's still got his car. He's still got his cars and his fancy clothes. He gets paid. It's just a job. You know, they asked him in his uh, after post game, you know, what's what how do you how do you feel? What what happens now? And he immediately, you know, says, Well, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I, I don't I don't care. I'll play anywhere. Like, with the assumption that he's not going to be on the team, nobody has discussed or even mentioned him being traded at this point. The game just ended, and he's the one who bring, who brings up, I don't care, I'll play anywhere. The dude, I mean, maybe it's a defense mechanism because he's scared that he's going to get traded now, and so he's trying to protect himself. But either either way, that's just ridiculous. It's not the way that you're supposed to conduct yourself. You know, it's 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 an attitude problem. And and the bigger the bigger problem I think in Andrew's attitude is the fact that it greatly diminishes his trade value. Because as I wind myself back around to my original point, Pow is not the one we need to trade. It's Andrew. Now, thank goodness some people are actually talking about that, that, wow, we should trade Andrew. Most people are saying we should trade Pow. Ridiculous. But some people are saying that we should trade Andrew. But though those people are still saying we should trade Andrew for Dwight Howard, which is ridiculous. Because, like I said before, one, Dwight Howard doesn't want to come to L.A., and two, Magic doesn't think he's worth it anyway. And they're kind of right, because he's such a head case. And, but, and now, after this year, in all the for lack of a better word, shenanigans that we've had to go through with Andrew, everybody knows it. Everybody knows his head case, so we're not going to get value, even value, for him. I don't think that should stop us from shipping him off. I think he's got, he, he needs to go. 
he's got no business wearing a jersey. And and I made that decision or that thought popped into my head at the end of last year when he threw that shoved that cheap shot elbow into Berea, got kicked out of the game, and he tore off his Laker uniform as he's walking off the court. I knew it then. I said, dude, you don't deserve to wear the purple and gold. If you're going to rip off your uniform as you're pouting, throwing your tantrum, leaving the court, you don't deserve to wear it. You know, but then but then you try to look past it because he's actually healthy, you know, this year. It's a new year now. Andrew's got no inner no no injuries and and he's playing well. So, you know what? Maybe this maybe this can work, you know? Maybe maybe Andrew's turned a corner. And then and then some and then he pops off with some stupid comment and then he disappears for three games and then he pouts because of this because of that, you know he doesn't put off any gave up any energy and then he complains in the post game be for not playing the fourth quarter, or not getting the ball, it's 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 ridiculous it's not going to change so, what do we do? Sorry I I, I tend to get emotional about this stuff and I tend to rant a little bit so I, I apologize if I'm going in circles a little bit but the point I'm making is we need to dump Andrew we need to we need to trade him we're not going to get even trade value we're not going to get Dwight Howard so what do we do and why should we keep Pow? Pow's old right Pow's in decline well like I already said the only reason Pow's offensive production has diminished is because his role on the team has been either a changing be inconsistent or three confusing so all those things it's it's going to make sense that his offensive output is going to diminish okay we need to reestablish him as the number two option with kobe okay he's not that old okay Powell's 30 years old okay he has two more years in his prime two more years of prime play now that's only two years. What happens after two years? So how can we put everything into just two two years? Well, let me let me tell you something, okay? And this is a sad, sobering fact, reality that all of Laker fans, including myself, need to really come to grips to and find a way to accept. Which is once Kobe's gone, things are gonna be real different around here. We've been spoiled for a long time. Kobe's not going to last forever. He's not going to be here forever. He's he's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time. And when he is gone, this team is going to completely change. It is. And we need to be prepared for that. So my take is, if that's going to happen, we need to put everything we have into giving ourselves the best chance possible to win a championship now when when Kobe is here and Kobe has I think probably another 2 years that he can play well if he tries to play longer than another 2 years I think it's going it might start to get ugly because he's going to want to do things that his body can't do more and more of the time and it's it's going to start to be a little painful but I think with the the rejuvenated knees that he had this year with that miracle surgery he got in Germany seemed to completely freshen up his legs I, th I think at best he he has two more years of really of production of good production Powell's 30 years old which means he has two more years in his prime which means to me the next two years is our window that is the window that we have to try put everything we can into winning a championship. One, if not two. Because after that, all bets are off. So how do we do that? One, we keep Powell. Powell and Kobe go back to being number one, number two offensive option. Go back to the two-man game that they were playing in 09 and 10. And have that be the focus and basis the first option for the offense. Obviously, we need to get we need to get shooters. Somebody who can shoot the three, you know. But that that's we don't need a superstar for that, okay. But the next biggest thing is what do we do about Andrew? 
Okay, and I, I mentioned this before a few podcasts back, and I think it's it's more true now than it than it even was then. Okay, I think we need to try to convince Memphis to trade Marcus All for Powell. Now, obviously, Powell, um, and uh, sorry, I just said that wrong. Obviously, I want to. I think we should try to get him to trade Marcus All for Andrew, and get the two brothers together on the team. Marcus All in the center position, Powell in the power forward, and Kobe. Think about that. Okay, one. There's going to be no weirdness in the pecking order. Okay, Kobe number one, Powell number two, Mark number three. Mark is not the physical specimen that Andrew is. Mark does not have the physical tools that Andrew does, which is the only reason that Memphis just might go for it. They might believe that they are getting the good end of this deal. Because Memphis, Memphis is a good team. They're a good team, but they just don't have quite enough to get over that hump. They always make the playoffs, but they don't have enough to just get over that hump to get over, to get deep into the playoffs, maybe get to the Western Conference Final and get a chance to be competing for a championship. They don't have enough. But if they had Andrew Bynum, and if they had Andrew Bynum in a good system that he could flourish in, then that could be enough to put them over the hill. So they might just just go for that. It would seem, on paper, like an idiotic thing for us to do. And in, in my mind, in the hypothetical reality where we do that, I mean, I could see the, the sports media just having a field day that we just gave up our only good piece, our only tradable piece, the 24-year-old phenom center, and we gave him away for Marc Gasol. Who's, who's granted a good, good center in this league? A good center, but he's not Andrew Bynum. So the Lakers gave away Andrew for Marcus All. But then what would we have? What would we really have? We would have Powell knowing exactly what he has to do, knowing exactly how he has to play. Him and Mark playing together, imagine what kind of cohesion they would have together, what kind of communication they would have on the floor. They would know exactly what each other was doing. They would be able to play together perfectly. I mean, you say, oh, well, sometimes, you know, brothers on the same team, that's uh, that's that's a recipe for disaster. You don't want... Not, not with these guys. They're too smart. They're too good of basketball players for that to happen. And, and the one thing about Mark, he works hard. He is a worker. He's a bruiser. He gets in there and does the dirty work every every game. He gets in there and does what needs to be done. It's perfect. I love his game. I love his energy. I love his heart. Put him on the same team with his brother. Look out. Those two guys running the high and the low post that we had talked about doing with Andrew and Powell that we were supposed to be doing this year, but they could never figure out how to do it because Andrew was so inconsistent. Pal spent like 30 minutes after after that one game sitting with Andrew trying to explain to him how they were going to do it. Didn't do a damn bit of good. But get his brother in there, who's just as smart as Pal is, just as much basketball IQ that Pal has. Oh, see, that could be something really special. Now, I don't. I have no idea how the numbers work. Obviously, I'm not a GM. If it would, if it, if it would even work out, you know, numbers wise. I mean, Andrew's got a pretty big contract. Maybe you know we would have to throw in Mark and and somebody else. They got some other good players there. It could help us anyway. Um, but just think about that. You know, think about that. Think about the brothers playing together. There's no weirdness on the team. There's no attitudes on the team. We have defined roles. Everybody works hard. That's what we want. That's all we want. That's all I want. I want everybody on the team to be playing hard all the time. Because that's what Kobe does. 
and that's what you want everybody to do. There are teams that do that. It's not crazy to think that everybody on a basketball team gives 100% every time they're on the floor because guess what? That's what most teams do. Yeah, most teams do that. Thunder does that. The Thunder do that all the time. They don't have guys taking plays off, taking games off. They don't have to worry about how are they going to motivate their center? How are they going to motivate their team? How are they going to find a way to give just a little bit more effort? We just need to find a way to get have more effort. They, they don't have that problem. Who else has that problem but us? We it's ridiculous. We got to stop. We 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 got to we can't have this. We can't have it. Can't have this. It's like De Niro in uh, Casino, or not Casino, in uh, Goodfellas. Finds out about Ray Liotta's uh, mistress, and then it's causing drama with his wife. He's like, yo, you got to take care, take care of this because we can't have it. Can't have it. So take care of it. That's what we got to do. We got to take care of it. Okay? Take care of the business. Now, if the Mark thing doesn't work, maybe, who knows? I don't know what 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 else they can do. Obviously, got to trade to get some pieces. I think they should. I think we need to keep Powell. I think we need to redefine his role as the number two option with Kobe. Work the two man game. Find somebody. I can't. I can't see another center out there that would work better with us in our system and with Powell than his brother. I mean, it's 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 a win win in my book. You know, let's talk about maybe uh, getting Steve Nash to come out. I mean, I love Steve Nash. Consummate professional. Consummate good guy. Con total hard worker. All the time. Plays hard. Exactly what we need. The dude's getting up there, though, man. The dude's old. And I, I don't know. I, I worry about his back. He's got a bad back. I know the, the Phoenix training staff over there, they're some kind of miracle workers that they can like keep this guy up and running because with all the back problems he's had. But I don't know, maybe if he wants to come, you know, come over for a shot at a ring with Kobe and, and take a, take the league minimum or take the veterans minimum, because we, we part of the problem with all these this trade talk is that we are so gonna be so far over the salary cap that we, we can't be. I mean we have to really, really trim the salary and yet we need to get more guys. So it's going to take some serious work by Mitch and Jim and Dr. Jerry Buss to figure this thing out because we need to cut contracts. We need to restructure people. We need to get people out of here. We need to get down under the luxury tax because with the new collective bargaining agreement, it's it's going to hurt real bad, especially because we're repeat offenders of the luxury tax. So that's it's going to get real, real expensive. So it's... We got some serious uh, hard decisions that we need to make, but we cannot, we cannot under any circumstances just make decisions to trim for the cap. We have two years, folks, two years to compete for a championship. And after that, all bets are off. So we need to put all of our eggs in this basket right here, right now. Do whatever we got to do to make a championship team so we can give ourselves at least a shot to compete next year and the year after that. Because after that, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game. So I don't know what's going to happen. That's my take on what should happen. I'm sure things are going to start happening. Um, there's no restriction on trades. Trades can happen tomorrow. If they want, we just can't trade with any team who's still playing. Um, so maybe maybe Lamar wants to come back for way less money than he was making before. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. It would depend on his attitude. If he really has, if he decides he has something to prove, if he decides that he wants to prove himself, that he can really be a contributor, and he wants to come and do it for. Uh, for next to nothing, then I great. I, I don't I don't know if Lamar is in that mindset though that he's looking to prove anything. You know, I think he just might be might be done. He's been talking about retirement for like three years now. You know, way before we traded him. 
He's been talking about it. Every year he kind of considers, like, maybe I might just retire. Well, maybe I'll come back. Uh, I guess I'll play. The fire that that burns in Kobe that's going to be really dangerous to us and to the team in about three years when he doesn't realize that he needs to quit, that he needs to lay it, to hang it up. That fire, that's a good thing now, which may not be in three years, that's that's not something that's in Lamar. I mean, I think Lamar's a great a great guy. He's a nice guy. He's a great player, but that, that fire just isn't there for him. And it would need to be for him to really want to come back and be able to make a comeback with the team. So there you go. All right. I've gone long, but there was a lot of stuff to talk about. There's no no new games coming up on the horizon, so we can have a little bit of time to digest all of this information, see what we think. But let me know, let me know your thoughts. You know, let me know what you what you think um, about about my takes. If you disagree or agree, or maybe you have other ideas. Everybody seems to be uh, chiming in on the GM situation on what we should do. What are your ideas? What do you what do you think we should do? You know, do you think we should uh, keep think we should trade Pal, keep Andrew, bet the future on him? Should we do the opposite? Keep Pow, trade Andrew? Should we trade both of them and try to get just other decent players, young, hardworking players around Kobe? Um, you know, do we do we tank a year so we can get a high draft pick and try to get try to find a magic? I mean, those those kind of players come along once in a generation, you know. But let me know. Let me know your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. Ask Laker Lance. I appreciate everybody listening who's been listening to the podcast as we go. It's been a crazy season, a crazy playoff run for us. Didn't end the way we wanted it, obviously, but the Lakers will be back. We always find a way, and we will find a way this time. Hopefully they'll make decisions that are going to better the team. Uh, once things start moving, start happening, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll do another podcast once we have some moves to talk about. Uh, but until then, keep your keep your heads high, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, thanks a lot, everyone. Laker Lance signing out. Later.